The period of civil war has ended. It's definitely an improvement and totally not a lateral move. Join Ambassador Plek Dexeter and his intrepid crew as they explore astounding new worlds, discover their heroic destinies, and meet weird bug creatures and stuff. This is Mission to Zix. Mission to Zix, an improvised science fiction podcast. That's CYXX, launching September 6th. Hey everybody, before we start the show, let me remind you about Blue Apron. You see, right now I'm stuck indoors from a massive snowstorm. But I'm not worried because I have my box of fresh, delicious Blue Apron food. What is Blue Apron? It's the number one delivery and recipe fresh ingredient service in the country. So basically, I don't have to leave my house, and today I can cook roasted pork with apple, walnut, and farro salad, and some crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad. They're flexible. You customize your recipes every week based upon your preferences. I'm just really excited. I have a whole week worth of food here, and I don't have to leave. So right now, I want you to do is go with this week's menu, the stuff I just said. Go get your first three meals free, free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash conversations with an S. You will love how good it feels, how it tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash conversations. Enjoy the show. The following advertisement has been paid for by the big guy Ryback. Are you hungry? You know I'm so hungry, big guy. Hey, Mark. What brings you here? So I'm just here to hang out with my all-time favorite superstar of all time. What brings you here? Well, I'm doing a paid advertisement for Feed Me More Nutrition, available at feedmemore.com. Big guy, that is music to my ears. Do you tell the people about your ice-so-hungry grass-fed whey protein isolate, the best-tasting protein on the market, Wake Up Unlimited Energy, the strongest pre-workout on the market, and the big guy, all-natural testosterone booster, my personal fave. Big guy, you're on to something with this Feed Me More Nutrition. It is some top-quality stuff. Well, thank you, Mark, it is. Feed Me More Nutrition Premium Quality, the highest quality supplements on the market today. Available now at FeedMeMore.com. Ladies and gentlemen, and right now, I'd like to introduce... Whoa, 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 whoa. A guy who lost his smile. A guy who took his brain and walked away from millions of dollars. He hails from Sin City. He... Damn it! That's enough for you two! Shut up! You're uh, I think he's, uh, I think he's ever fired. Shut up! Pat, slap my ass! It's time for conversation with the big guy, pal! <laughs> Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy. I am the Big Guy Ryback, and I'm sitting here with the one, Pat Buck. And we're back on another episode. Uh, some great feedback. But before we, uh, before we start this very professional broadcast, we would like to mention a few, uh, a few upcoming things for us. So uh, you want to start this off? Absolutely. Guys, Feed Me More Nutrition is available now at feedmemore.com and available at I'llPumpYouUp.com. 
in Las Vegas at Spartan Nutrition in North Las Vegas and Pumped Up Fitness Nutrition on Sahara and Rainbow. Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, the motivational book by the big guy, is available now on Amazon and through feedmemore.com in Kindle and paperback format, coming soon to Audible. Northeast Wrestling WrestleFest 21, March 3rd, signing at 5 p.m., bell time at 8 p.m. Come out and see the big guy Ryback live and in person for a special meet and greet, and I will also be performing. Also on that card, we have Kurt Angle, a WWE Hall of Famer soon to be, versus Cody Rhodes. And uh, also making appearances are uh, Great Khali and Jerry the King Lawler, along with TKO Ryan and Wrecking Ball Ligurski uh, are also on the card. Right. And then you're going to be a big event the day after that. Remember that. That's in uh, Queens. Is that my... Oh, I forgot all about that. I don't have that written down. I apologize. I'm at the big event all day from 10 to, 10 to 4, we will say. At, sure. Uh, in Queens, New York. And uh, I was going to plug the upcoming shows, but I realized this comes after. So my next event is March 11th, Rahway, New Jersey, WrestleProOnline.com. You can see Brother Love, Bruce Pritchard will be in the house, Tommy Dreamer, Joey Ryan, a whole bunch of stuff. The most important show of my life, though, will be March 30th. If you're going to WrestleMania, if you listen to this show, and I see you guys in Orlando, we have a quite a hefty audience in uh, Orlando. I don't mean weight-wise. I mean, there's a decent amount of people in Orlando that <laughs> listen to this. Jesus. So we don't like to pick on the bigger people of the world. But Thursday, March 30th, before WrestleMania, WrestlePro at WrestleCon, you can see Ryback versus Colt Cabana, Cody Rhodes, the BWO, Swaggle, Grado. We just added Jeff Cobb, the Hit Squad, Bull Dempsey, and so much more. WrestleCon.com. Please, Check out this show. Get a ticket. It's the most important thing I've ever done in my life to sell out on WrestleMania weekend. That's going to be a hell of a, right. hell of a weekend. It's going to be a long, fun, busy wrestling weekend. I've never taken part in WrestleCon before, but I think it's going to be a, a good time. It's, and I like the fact that we're kicking it off on Thursday. And uh, that'll be a busy night for probably for me. And then you'll have an event after that, which you know, we could probably talk about on a future episode. You're going to be having a yeah, Q&A that, in Orlando. That's going to be – we're turning that into quite the busy weekend for me, which I like. I, I, I told – like, if I'm going to be there, it's just a lazy attitude not to want to do things. Like, but I, I – WrestleMania week was always hell for me. One, because mm-hmm. I was never happy um, with, with the just the, – the pre-show for the last three years after the – and then the Mark Henry match at 29 um, – that was all fine. That was, but you know, that was my first one. So that was just stressful yeah. in a different way, but like they let the fans. So like, I love our fans, but you like a lot of them there, there's some that, that, that just don't, they let them into the hotels and like the guys like that's, they don't understand like what it's work and like in, in the preparation that goes into like doing this stuff and, um, mm-hmm. and they, they're everywhere. And so it like, you can't, it's really hard to like, you know, they bring you in for the whole week there before, and, like, you're just trying to get your stuff done and stay on a routine, and, like, you're off. You're not necessarily – they just bring you there a week early, and, like, you have a few days off before you have to start, like, some of your appearances and stuff. And everybody yeah. keeps a pretty busy schedule with all that, but, like, it, it, it could be pretty – it's tedious, and, like, I'll never forget New Orleans, and it was just, like – and it was just – you're just like, oh, my God. And it's when you're, like, used to being shut off and, like, you got – 
people and then just asking for pictures all the time and, and autographs and um, you're there. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's, it, you're in an area where you, you're used to having your privacy and when mm-hmm. everyone knows WrestleMania is in town, they all know the, the WrestleMania hotel. And uh, that's why I never like staying at TV hotel. I like just booking my own rooms and like, because then they don't know where you're at and you could just like chill out and like, I'm a normal dude. I just, I work hard. Everybody there is a normal person. They just, you know, they work hard and like, they're just, they wrestle on TV, but like, they just, and what's it like to prep for WrestleMania? You know, I've, I haven't obviously, uh, just heard things. I mean, do they, people obviously have pay special attention, uh, special attention to their match. Do you have times where you meet up with it? Like, is there more? Yeah. You know, do you take it, obviously take it a little more seriously than a regular pay-per-view, you know? Yeah, well, I, I think everybody does. And, and well, like at the TV, at the WrestleMania hotel, like they usually, they, it's, it's a very nice hotel every year. And, uh, they have, they have rehearsals where essentially okay. where, and, and like where they have rings set up all week for the, for the talent to go down there if they want to go work on stuff or work on, on anything. And, um. It's only for Mania, right? They don't do that for like SummerSlam or anything else? We haven't. And not to say that they haven't on something. I wasn't there. I I haven't seen it on anything else. But I know they have done for every once in a blue moon. If it's like a a money in the bank match, they'll uh, they'll get together beforehand and have a bit of a a little bit of a rehearsal or something. And I say rehearsal as far as it's just kind of getting everybody together. Um, Like brainstorming. Yeah. And, and and obviously for the more dangerous things, you kind of got to, you go through a little bit, but, um, it's different every year, every year though, you kind of, you get your rehearsal time and even the pre-show matches are, are treated exactly the same. And they always say, mm-hmm. Vince always hated the term pre-show. And as you've seen, they, they'll put anybody on them. It's really kind of they Vince, I honestly don't think he considers it like a bad thing, but the talent do. Cause it's, it's okay. It's before the actual show is like with the WWE network, it's all the same, but as far as old pay-per-view format, it's just like, it, it's just, you wouldn't put your main event match on that slot. So it, no, never, never. So like, it, I, know, I know people make the argument like, Oh, but more eyes are on the pre-show. So therefore it's a great spot. I mean, do people try they, to pretend that's they, a yeah, thing? they try to, they, they, and again, I, I'm cool with focusing on the positives for it, but like, sure. It's one of those things. It's like, well, then, okay, Hunter, why don't you go wrestle on it then? Or like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like seriously, if it's that damn important, like, but uh, and everybody's been plugged into it at one point or another, the majority of guys or divas. And uh, you've seen it like you could, you could be in the main event on one pay-per-view and then literally, honestly, you could be in the pre-show on the next. It, like it, nothing, there's no rhyme or reason. Well, here's a question. If it's too personal, you don't have to answer, though. But is there a difference in pay grade between having that spot and being on the regular card? Or it's just kind of, it is what it is. It, there was until this year. They paid me better. It was my, I would like to say it's, it was probably my second best payday in WWE. And that was after I walked out and I thought they the were. The WrestleMania I, pre-show. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. And I thought they were going to fuck me over for sure. And, uh, and I don't know what the reasoning was. Um, because I, my worst payday the year before was the WrestleMania pre-show of all the, really? pay- and I was on pretty much, I was always booked on every, not, I won't say every pay-per-view, but the majority of the net well pay-per-views. And, um, even when I wasn't used in a good fashion, I was consistently in the mix, which I always appreciated as far as on that end. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
my worst payday. I, I can't remember if it was 2015 or 16. It was, it was, uh, or I'm sorry, 2015 or 2014 was a, a WrestleMania match. It was a pre-show and it was, it was, it was worse than other kickoff pay-per-views for me. Um, wow. Yeah. So there's no rhyme or reason, but like the network is doing supposedly better now, or there's more subscribers, <clears throat> but people got to understand, we don't have any, we're not privy to this information. And you, if you ask questions on like, why was I paid this? They just give you the runaround left and right. I I've gone in there on multiple times on certain pay things. Um, and, and just gotten, gotten the runaround. Like, yeah, yeah. We'll look into it. We'll get back to you. And then like, and of course he never does Mark Carano. And then like Hunter, like nobody, it's just really like, I mean, is there a guy that dictates the actual numbers? I mean, I, I used to hear back in the day it was, oh, I, don't, I don't know if this is true or not, like comes, Jim Ross. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure everything comes from Hunter and Vince, but I, but it, it, I'm sure maybe Carano has that power, but if okay. it becomes a problem, then it goes to Hunter, and then if it's past that, it goes to Vince. And gotcha. like the So Carano could have maybe free reign on that, and, and his job is obviously going to be to save the company as much money as possible, unless they go take care of the boys on this one or the, and like and that stuff does happen occasionally, and like yeah. and like, but it, it's there's things when like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you and if you bring up and raise a valid question like why was I paid this, and you happen happen to win, who's to say they're not going to dock? you know, a few hundred bucks off of every check for the next, oh, the like, next one. Yeah. They, okay. Cause there's no way of ever knowing, but, um, back to the WrestleMania prep, like it's, just, it's, it's a stressful week more so than not just more because you don't have your privacy. Like you normally do. Your routine is a little different. And, mm-hmm. um, but, but the, the, the rehearsals and all that, they're all treated the same. You're all, you all have a scheduled rehearsals. And as far as that, every match is treated as important and whatnot. But I do remember, that first one with Mark Henry was uh, was very stressful because I told you Mark doesn't like to get picked up, and sure, uh, absolutely, he's he's a very he's a large human being. He's not like and like he's not just his weight. He's like he's just thick. His legs Con- are condensed. Big. Yeah, his his legs are bigger than anything you've ever seen in person. And like even now at this point in his career, he's still like as far as just physically looking at him when like even when he's lost weight, like he's still larger than the majority of people. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's always been – he used to be able to dunk a basketball, and I'm probably – I'm sure he probably still could if he, if he had to. And, um, but he doesn't like to get picked up. So I remember I had to, I had to pick him up for shell shock, and they, they wanted to go over it a few times. He's like, no, no, we'll be fine when we get out there. And, like, uh. with that whole Tenzai debacle before where I hooked Tenzai wrong – and I was like, let me just, I go, it's all on me, Mark. As long as I hook you properly, I can get you up. The weight's not an issue. I sometimes, because mm-hmm. on smaller guys, I will just throw them up and not worry about where I'm hooking them. But if you know yeah. anything about proper form and good mornings, and this is a partial good morning and a partial deadlift and squat all in one. And like, mm-hmm. um, Mark, Mark was like, trust me, if I jump and like, that's always been to Mark's credit. Anytime he's ever told me, like, just trust me out there, like, He's come through out there, like. Okay. Um, but we went to go pick him up the first time, and he didn't want to. He didn't go up good, and he <laughs> he got like he was hesitant, so he put his weight got heavy, and so we went up and came right back down to his feet, and I was oh just boy. like, oh boy, Mark, I was I was like, oh please, like yeah. I'm strong, but like if if he if he throws his weight back down, like. Yeah, that, that's a tough one. And uh, it's career, it's career defining moments. Yeah, 
it, you can't escape al- that al- one. Almost as bad as falling on your face while having them up in your finish for the <laughs> for the actual for the actual finish. <laughs> and uh, uh, it would have been better just to fucking not be able to get them up. Actually, now that I think about it, uh, <laughs> rather wait. What do you mean you want me to fall on my face? Um, they. Uh, but then we he when he jumped with me, it was it was actually really easy. He he went up fairly, okay. and uh, we wrestled on many occasions past WrestleMania, but. That was the other thing, too, WrestleMania. I had to not only pick him up, I had to walk him to the ropes for him to grab the rope for me to, quote, unquote, trip and fall uh, flat on my face and get knocked out from falling on my face uh, for the pin, not even get picked up and hit me with his finish. I just knocked myself out tripping on my finish. uh, And then um, he had to come back to pick the bones, as was uh, described to me, where I would hit him with a spine buster, then get him for shell shock. And... uh, and then go on to become the number one contender the next night on Raw. It's <laughs> <laughs> great booking. It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Jesus Christ! But uh, I remember so, like, it was. I've had good like, I me and Kalisto had fun doing our little deal before. I love Kalisto. Like I, uh, I enjoy working him a lot actually. Um, and it was always uh, me and him could do anything out there, and uh, it was always it was always really cool. Did you ever talk about the pre-show stopper belts? That you that the. We touched on it, I know, before. I just remember they, I told you they got really hot over all that. And uh, mm-hmm. John Cone, whom I'm a big, I, I'm a big fan of John Cone. Sorry, John, if I get you any heat with this. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's always been just, an, he's a normal good dude. And like I said, I always give what I get. Like I'm just, and I, I'm, I'm the nicest guy in the world. But if you come at me the wrong way, don't. You know, don't be surprised when it comes back at you. And uh, sure, but Cone has just always been very respectful and 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 just a good human being. And um, he was like, they they kept saying, "Take off the weight belt," and uh, I was just like, "Tell him to fuck off." And like, just <laughs> it was great. Like it was uh, it was just like multiple occasions uh, out there and whatnot. I was already I was checked out at that point. Like I told you, I okay. was I was that that night. I remember that all, that whole sequence. Me and Dolph went had Hooters afterwards. Like we met halfway up somewhere, or like nearby the next, I think St. Louis, somewhere okay. on the way. Had Hooters. Next day, I get get up, get do my workout, get my nice suit on, go to the building, and uh, I don't know if I ever did. I ever tell you it was uh, I was already like I was I was already decided in my mind that I was done. I would I would have liked to have stayed there to for the remainder of my contract. Um, well, you t- you. I remember you voxing me that day. You're like, I'm about to go out. I'm about to wrestle in WrestleMania. You know, there's not this building is half full right now because it's earlier on. Yeah. You're like, I I don't. I'm gonna go out there and have a great match, but I could give two fucks about this right now. Yeah. That's what we said. You're like, I'm gonna have a great match. I love. I like working with Kalisto. I don't give a fuck about this right now, though. Yeah. So I remember you telling me that. And I remember it was like I was sitting in the locker room and like. And there were WWE some legends that were in the Battle Royal that were that was on the main show and like and like guys like when Baron Corbin that was his debut at WrestleMania and I'm just like I've killed myself year after year for this company and like proven time and time again and and I was just like I'm on the pre-show and uh, I'm just sitting there and like they show up and they're on the actual show and I was just I there was a lot like that going on that day and that's just my honest true feelings on it and nothing against they all should have that opportunity it's great. I just I just wanted it too, and yeah. uh, the people actually do it. I don't know if we ever really talked about this. That Dallas WrestleMania, the people got stuck. 
um, they like something happened uh, where they got stuck in the corridors before coming to their seats, and they really? they wouldn't let them into the building. I mean, there were there thousands and thousands of people, and that was a big reason why that arena was so empty for our pre-show match. Huh? And I say empty, and I'm it. There was still probably I think they said between twenty five and thirty thousand in there. Yeah. But like you have to remember, it was just like a hundred thousand. Yeah. I'm just looking around and seeing a few people sitting next to each other and like row after row of empty seats and 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 in your mind, obviously, it's the biggest show in history. Yeah. And it's like, wait, what the fuck is this? And it does nothing. And two, it's like, and one thing too, and when you when you're gonna put somebody over, you want it to mean something, and like. Yeah. And it was like, oh, pre-show. And then it's like, oh, nobody's like, it's just, and I, I felt bad for Kalisto. I was like, and they didn't do anything with him after all that. And it's like, I, I remember uh, there was, somebody told me a story. There was a WWE Hall of Famer who uh, I'm very fond of. Um, and I'm talking Vince Senior Days, who was at that show, who uh, yeah. threw a fucking fit when he saw the, the finish to that match uh, at WrestleMania and and he just he, he couldn't understand um, to your match, yeah, okay, why the things were the way they were with me with them, um, and that meant the world to me. And, and this you is, don't want to say no, you can't say I, who? I was okay. because of the guy that told me the story that was with him asked me not to uh, say his name, and I won't. Okay, um, but it was uh, like I'm talking one of the greatest of all time. So like, if not the greatest, oh, of all okay. Time. So, uh, and that meant a lot to me, um, that, that he was upset with that. He said he slammed his fucking hands down on the table and, uh, <laughs> but I'm trying to guess who this is. You never told, I need to find this out. Off I, I don't, I, I told him I wouldn't, and I'm, I don't, we don't ask. You know, no, no, I respect that. It's yeah. Fine. I don't want to. And just for his sake. And, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, that pre-show stopper about the next pay-per-view in Chicago. They, they were, uh. They were furious at, but I, I left. I didn't even wait to talk to anybody. I just went and got changed and uh, drove off, left, had Hooters, showed up the next day. Oh, this is where I was going with this, by the way. They, uh, and this is nothing against Titus O'Neil um, or anything, um, as far, but I just know how they view him as far as and how they've used him and, and never have gone through with anything with him either <clears throat> and whatnot. And uh, there was a battle royal for the number one contender for the U.S. championship. And rather than just taking the guy who was the number one contender for the last two pay-per-views and mm -hmm. having him have a strong showing in it, I get it. You got to move on and put the next guy in. But psychology-wise, you would think you would have me in there to the very end to show yeah. that, that why I was a worthy U.S. contender just to have that because I was the last guy fighting him and uh, – the, it was like the, the first eliminations were, was Titus O'Neil eliminating not only me, but Apollo Crews together. And uh, huh. I, as soon as I, and this is, this is just me being honest, like I always am. As soon as I heard that, I realized that Vince was going to start the shitting on me even more phase until yep. my contract, because of everything going on with the contract. And I was just like, I'm not playing his fucking games anymore. And that's when I just told him, I went to Corano. And I, I didn't even want to see Vince. Had I saw him going out, I would have sp spoken to him. But the fact that, like, Mark even goes, well, do you want to talk to him? I go, absolutely not. Like, just, like there's just nothing. I've been there, done that how many times? Like, sure. what, he's just going to lie to my face again. And, like, and it was just so, like, I remember just leaving that day. and like, see you guys later. And just, like, so happy I went straight to fucking Hooters. And uh, <laughs> had my chicken wings and uh, 
and I've never been more more sure on a decision in my life. So I saw a couple of things asking about because uh, I'm a big fan of it too. That um, a lot of people have the they think that wings are bad for you, and that if you eat them properly, the or we, we both like the naked. Yeah. No, you know whatever. What is it? No breading. Hooters wings are actually not that bad for you. So there is now in my, the way that they're not as bad for you. So let me get, let me, there's always better options. Um, okay. If, but you got to remember, I'm going by my activity level, my body weight and in meaning in calories, never mix chicken wings with carbs. So like breaded chicken wings are the worst things in the world to eat for you. And I've talked because there's fat and carbohydrates in them, fat and carbohydrates in them. Along with protein, uh, you either want to eat protein carbs or protein fats, never missing yes. your carbohydrates and your fats. So chi- breaded chicken wings, that's why pizza, chicken wings, things like that are all bad for you because they mix the three protein, fats, and carbohydrates together. Sure. And so, but naked chicken wings have no carbs. So if you go in, you, if you, as long as you go and have no carbs with it, you can have a salad with it, have some vegetables with it. And then you're just doing proteins and fats, and your body digests it. It digests digests it. I can't. Blah, botch. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. Silly Susie sips <laughs> sangrias. Uh, silly Susie sips sangrias. I went to speech class for my S's when I was a kid. Um, really, I, I was supposed to for my. Uh, I used to have a really bad lisp. I had Same my. Thing. I couldn't say my own goddamn name as a kid. Uh, really? My R's and my S's. My R's are fine now. I used to say my name Wyan Weaves. Uh, oh, like Elmer Fudd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll never wow. forget. I was. Uh, this was. I wish a, you still did. Why <laughs> <laughs> <I>, back wolves? <laughs> the uh, no. The moment here's what what happened. Nobody ever said anything. Like you would have thought they would have put me in speech class at some point before. Like, but I remember I got through like. I got through like a couple grades, either one, kindergarten and first grade, or and it didn't happen till second grade, or they caught it in first. But I was like, "How the hell did I make it through kindergarten?" Like, ah, uh, uh, yeah, that's still not that bad. No. I remember I had to go, I had to go for that in like fifth grade. Yeah. I was older. Okay, and I, I, but yeah. I, it, the the moment happened. I was, I'll never forget. You know how it's weird how little memories stick with you for the rest of your life. Yeah, I, sure. I, I was in line for lunch, my favorite thing during the day in in school. And a girl in front of me was interested in me and was flirting with me. And she asked, <laughs> she asked me what my name was. And I go, Wyan Weaves. And she, uh. she laughed at me. And I was completely devastated. So I went home that day and told my mom uh, that, you know, this girl made fun of me because I said my name, Wyan Weaves. And my mom like, probably thought it was the cutest thing in the world. Like, oh, little, <laughs> little Wyan, no. Oh, and probably rubbed my head. And like, meanwhile, I'm just completely fucked up in the head from a young age. So they like put me in speech for my R's because everybody thought, like, and that was my mom told me, but like everybody thought it was just so cute. And I'm like, yeah, it is cute, but like, fucking help me for life, like, sure, like this yeah. is getting. You can't have me just being cute forever, guys. Like, there's like once you start school when you're in a social environment, like you have to fix these things. And uh, so then they d- discovered that my S's weren't as strong either. And uh, to this day, I probably have a, a slight lisp on certain little S things. So, hmm. uh, um, 
not not bad, but it's one of the, I always am more conscious of it. But uh, like you just witnessed right there, and in, in me, the S got me um, with that, and I uh, botched my own podcast. All right, so speech therapy and chicken wings. So, but uh, the breaded back to the the you want to eat your chicken wings with. It's also confusing because I've seen it before. Like you'll go, you never know what kind of. I'm, I order wings everywhere, probably because of you. Put that in my brain, and uh, but you never know what kind of wings you're gonna get. So you always got to make sure. That they're and, and a lot of waiters will be like, oh, I have no idea. Yeah, you have you have to ask, and I always are. Are they breaded? And like they'll even go back and add. They'll add, they're always willing to work with you, and like they'll ask, and like I just like buffalo sauce on them, hot buffalo sauce, and like and now like even with ranch, I'll use like sometimes I don't use ranch, and sometimes I'll just dip like I'll make sure never to use like probably three quarters of a little container of ranch. Maybe even half mm-hmm. of it. Like I just get a little bit. Like I used to dip them in a lot more, and but I realized like cutting out fats like that helped a lot. But like if you go there and order chicken breast, and get you know two or three grilled chicken breasts with no, with a salad and vegetables, that has a lot less fat than the chicken wings. Chicken wings have a lot of fat in them, but yeah, as long sure. as you don't mix them with the carbs, your body uses it as energy rather than storing it as fat. And it doesn't mean you can go and eat a thousand wings or anything like that, mm-hmm. but. It definitely keep the no carbs and the don't mix your carbs and fats together. And I'm telling you, it will help you tremendously in life. Great. So we had, uh, we've been doing the review of the week or basically, you know, encouraging people to leave a nice little five star, which most of them were, except for one dickhead that left two stars. Uh, on Wait, the hold on. I, what was the two star, if you don't mind me? Uh, uh, you know, I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, look, I don't look at these, so. Oh, I look at these all the time, and it it said that uh you know it's a mediocre podcast. We get on rants and it takes away from the conversation. I forget the I forget the guy's name. It's all uh, it's all conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, we can't win, man. But there was a uh, I picked the review of the week because I thought it was kind of funny, and here's the review right here. It says because I feel bad for Ryback. That's that's the, that's the name of the review, and it's by a name that I can't. Wait, like yeah, don't, wait, don't say his name. What was the beginning again? I'm sorry. Because I feel bad for Ryback. So okay. that's caught my attention. It's still five stars, though. Oh. So during last week's episode, you talked about how ephedrine shrinks your dick, then followed up by telling us that you took it in the past. Hearing that, I felt like I had no choice to give you the five-star review. <laughs> five-star review. <laughs> uh, to give you the five-star review because your penis most likely doesn't deserve it. Hopefully this will boost your ego and make you feel an eighth of an inch bigger for the moment. In all seriousness, though, you guys do a great job. I love the podcast. I've been a wrestling fan most of my life. I listen to a lot of different podcasts of the week. This is the only podcast that I can get through each time. Everyone else takes themselves way too seriously. You guys have good chemistry, and there's a lot of laughs. Even more than all that, I appreciate how real you guys are. We need more of that, by the way. Best pre-workout I've ever used. Thanks for the entertainment. So that guy, your his name is like G X D T H K O whatever. You are the winner for this week. I thought that was a funny one. Oh, so he was the actual winner. I think he's the winner. Yeah, that's. Uh, I feel bad for him that he thought that that when I was when I say that ephedrine shrinks your dick, that, that <laughs> it's not permanent. It's while you take it, you idiot. You feed me, moron. There was another review that came from Big Show's Tears, which I laughed at that name. I would love to hear and that. It, it just said, uh, definitely one of my favorite podcasts. Love the topics Pat and the big guy discuss. So, okay. 
But uh, thank you guys for feedback. It's been wonderful. And um, keep it up. And we'll keep doing this every week. We so wait, and... who, was our, who was the winner again? The guy's name? Just so Honestly, I Honestly, uh... I can't pronounce. It was like so many. It was like it basically looked like somebody typed into the keyboard. But uh, if they can prove that they did that, then they can uh, wait. So there's, get a... they don't even have a, a legitimate name. Their name, their name here. It says G X D T H K O Y T F, and this, the last name is D A T G I. <laughs> Unless it's that Saudi Arabian guy that tried to book you at the gym, I don't, I don't know who it is. Okay, so whoever the hell you are, this is going to be a real pain in the ass. By the way, email <laughs> the big guy at feedmemore.com uh, with the supplement of your choice and a uh, free shaker bottle. And I will get that out to you next week, and we will work out all those details. And uh, I, I have a feeling this is going to be a real, real headache with this one. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. A bunch of people pretending to be that review. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure they can prove it. He seems he seems like a nice man. I have a lot. Like I, I'm told you with the supplement with the feed me more nutrition and everything. I'm like I'm very hands on with all this and try to get back to. As many of the emails I can, as I can, and in like it, it, I just different points of the day, I'm just stopping. I'm like, okay, answer five emails, and like, and but there's so many that are you never know. You have legitimate people at, with legitimate concerns, and then you have people that just want to talk to you. And yep. uh, it's and we real. get it on the booking email too, all yeah. the time. What was the guy? The is it the UCW one you said? Uh, the one the that just one asked that's... for the passport again, where they talked. They're addressing. <laughs> For everybody listening out there, and I'm just going to, we'll make this clear again. When you email bookthebigguy at yahoo.com, Pat Buck handles all the emails. And it, so when you call Pat Ryan, it is just disrespectful. Thank you. That's all. But then it's more so that they keep it up and like they just want to talk and talk and talk and like. They're there's like, one guy like a fantasy like they're talking to Ryan. Ryan doesn't even yeah, exist I, anymore. It's Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one that like one that had shows going on in Trinidad and Tobago and I think on the port of Spain. What happened with that? And like it, it seemed like first it seemed really good and realistic. I'm like, okay, cool. The date's available. Let's uh, keep this going. And then he just like he'd be like, well, who do you want to wrestle? It's like I don't know. That's up to you. We'll we'll approve the opponent, but let us know. Uh, he can wrestle all of our Puerto Rican wrestlers, exclamation point. I'm like, ah, oh, where the fuck is this going? That like, isn't just, even, that's just ridiculous. And there's a mix of like, there's so many different types of promoters out there. It's like some are, they want to jump the gun and they freak out about booking airfare. Like months, like you should book airfare if you're a promoter 60 days before. And here's why you book it 60 days before. Because at that point, the wrestler will probably know if they have another booking that weekend, and then it becomes cheaper for you. So then you don't have to like go changing the flight and losing out on money, and yeah. the, the flight rates haven't gone up yet. So there's two types of promoters. There's that one that wants to get it done way too early, and then it could bite them in the, in the butt. Or there's ones that wait till a week before, and they go, okay, I'll book it. Oh, my God, the price is so much. Yeah, it, it it just be nice to have the only ones that are responsible, like that I've dealt with, um, is probably like House of Hardcore and MCW outside of my own thing. Where like you know, and and then they're like, oh my god, the airfare is that much. It's like, well, get it done. Inquire about the booking. Yeah, book it sixty days out, and you'll be good. And by so, the way, I I make every appearance, and like we said, the the Toronto show, the flight was canceled, and I drove six hours. Like, 
I am a professional. I know what my like. I I show up to my appearances. So it's funny um, uh, you mentioned that because I'm freaking out because I have the worst luck with weather. And as we record this, it's pre you know before the Starland shows, and for the first time this winter, we're expecting a blizzard for about eight to twelve hours, and you're about to fly out. Yeah, I fly out this morning here. I got to be up at three a.m. It is. What time is it right now? Uh, eight, it has to be eight eight something Vegas time right now. It's eight forty. Eight forty, and um, I got to be up at three a.m. for a six a.m. flight. So to come back there, we're getting me out there a day early, which is which is smart with everything. And I, I mean, worst case scenario is is if it goes bad. I guess flying me in on the Friday, the day of the show, would get me in on time still. I, we, I, th- I still think we can figure this out. Yeah, and Brian yeah. Cage is flying out from California that day. So, oh, on I mean, Friday? Oh, so is Cody. T- well, Co- no, Cody's taking a red eye. So, uh, like, tomorrow night, I think everything's going to be fine. Yeah. But I'm worried about this flight coming in. We'll, we'll see what happens. Worst case, too, is they fly. You, you get another flight to, like, Philadelphia or somewhere where the storm isn't, obviously, and then just drive in. I get in at 2, I think. Yeah. So, uh, they'll be... I'm just gonna be mad. I'm gonna get to, if I get to the airport and they go, oh, it's canceled or delayed, and like I'm uh, where like if it was delayed like five hours and then it gets delayed again, like you know what I mean? Where you don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like oh man, but uh, it'll it'll work out. So they always do. So uh, we normally like to go to the dirt sheet, see what happened this week. Not did, a whole lot going on this week. Did we? Did we really catch up with the week? What's going on? Uh, well, I guess this kind of goes into it. I, I kind of, I'm not going to blame your pre-workout, but I've been working out like a maniac and I, uh, I had a real scary incident at the gym. Um, well, thank you for blaming my pre-workout for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I, I take it and like, I have a lot of, a ton of energy and, yeah. uh, I've been doing a lot of two a day sessions and a lot of cardio. So, uh, and my strength has gone up quite a bit. So I go to the gym, it's Monday, and Monday in the gym world is known as the Universal Chest Day. Yep. And uh, I start with uh, some flat bench press, which I normally do incline stuff, but this year I just got back into, how do you feel about regular, good old-fashioned bench press? Because a lot of guys... I do it all every week now, so, and I'm actually, and I was working with power lifters, because I always just benched, and like, I remember, I just walked in and did 500 pounds at Cena's gym. Uh, back years ago when like, mm-hmm. but that wasn't with no form, no like technique. And I remember like, it was like my shoulder was bad back then. I now use the proper mechanics of is coming down to the sternum, trying to break the bar when you bench as far as there's a lot of little techniques that you use. Break the bar. What does that mean? So when you hook the bar, uh, wherever that, that comfortable grip is, I might, it's usually my pinkies on that little, on the, the pinkies on the ring, right? Yeah. On the ring. And like what you do is you try to break the bar out. Like you're trying to snap the bar, like bend it, but not in really bend it out. And what that does is it locks your shoulder into the proper position, but you got to, you got to maintain that throughout. But when you come down, you're supposed to come down to the the bottom of your chest, your sternum. And when you do that, you got to set up the proper way also, which there's a lot of videos on YouTube. Mark Bell actually um, has videos by Mark Bell. He has a lot of good stuff on bench press. But you got to drive your, essentially you try to drive your, your body through your, your heels and your feet with your feet flat on the ground. Some people like to be on their toes. It's all dependent on your body and what you're, how you're built. But while you're on the bench and you have that little bit of an arch in your back with your butt still touching the bench, 
you want to drive your your body like you're going to go through the wall behind you. Like, huh? But so when the, you bring the bar down, you rest on your chest, or when it comes to your chest, that's when you drive your feet and your legs where you try to explode back, and it will actually give you momentum of bringing the bar past that sticking point. Oh, but, wow. But while you're trying to break the bar, it, it keeps your shoulders in the proper mechanics. Because my right shoulder, I told you, I had to do all this rehab for my back and shoulder. And like yeah. I'm finally feeling really, really good again. Uh-huh. And uh, I could bench press, but my bench went down a lot after I had that little injury to my right lat. And uh, my right lat's finally now coming back, and it's almost, it's almost all back. <laughs> and like, um, but my bench, I, I mean, I used to regularly just get in the throw four something on there and could rep it. And like where mm-hmm. I had to like where I'm just repping three, like three sixty five, three seventy five. Now those are my reps now. Where I was like, it, it's not. It's, it's terrible. Ter- yeah. <laughs> no, but it, I it, plus two when you try to do, use the proper form. I'm not using my legs as good as I can too. It, it takes a lot of practice, and I practice it every week. And it's just huh. re- it's just repetitions, but. Benching the incorrect way, most people don't look at this like this. And you, most guys start going to the gym, and they just, just start lifting, and they have no, yeah. and they have no. F- lifting is the most important thing you could teach yourself how to do because you will fuck your body up beyond belief lifting the wrong way, where you are injured. There's so many people out there that can never lift it for the rest of their life, as far as like doing like bench press and things like that. They might be able to do certain things but because mm-hmm. they have major injuries where they've had to have shoulder replacement surgery because of like, it's a, because of bad technique, but it's not We're at a point now where we're, we're so evolved as humans. We have all this information available online and with any form you could just, just put in the hours and like, how do I bench and just watch video after video practice, go back, watch more practice, go back, watch more, ask somebody that knows about it, pay somebody that knows about it to help you. And, um, it will, it will do you a lot of good. I promise. So I probably should have done that. I've been bench pressing my whole life not my whole life, but I think maybe since like 14 years old. Yeah. Uh, and I avoided flat bench for a while less. I was more inclined for less two years. I'm like, let me, let me start getting into this. So, uh, I'm 200 pounds. I, I start with the, you know, the one big plate on each side. So that's, that's what's that? 135. And then I go up to, uh, I was like, let me, let me go. I had a little more. I go to 225. Yeah. I do that. I do that for eight reps. I go to 275. I do that for five reps and I feel very strong. I'm like, you know what? Today I'm going to go back to 315, which I've done before, but many, many moons ago. Which by the way, when you lift and you, when you aren't lifting like a bench and you first start back up, it takes, it takes like a month or two to get back to where you were typically, just so you know. That's what it feels like too. It, it was about a month and a half where I'm like, I feel fu- I feel really good. My chest was really tight after the 275. I'm like, no, you know what? Whatever. Let me do this. And uh, I feel really awkward because I can clear it, but I always on that heavy set I do want a spotter. So I'm looking around the gym like I hate that. Like, hey, just because I've had it before where I get stuck and <laughs> and someone has to help me. I hate asking people. I, and I just, and I typically will go under a little bit, but you are smart asking for a spotter. Okay. So I ask a guy to spot me and I'm like, look, I can, cl- I can clear it, but you know, maybe I'll get one rep. I clear it. And as I'm lowering it, I just hear my chest rip like Velcro, like three loud, like, and yeah. I'm like, it goes right. To, and I'm, I, I needed help getting up. And I was like, that's it. I tore my pack. I was like, I'm, I'm fucked. 
And like an idiot, I, I still tried to figure out if I can do anything after that. I couldn't do chest. I did do a big arm workout, and I did cardio <laughs> after. Yeah, but, mo- uh, most people would have left, by the way, after that. Like, <laughs> I was like, ah, well, I can still lift my arms. And, and then, and that then night, training, uh, doing a training <laughs> seminar. I watched, yeah, the, after you told me, doing the roll-up drill after and everything, right? Yeah, I, I went to my school. I'm like, I'm not going to train tonight. I'm like, ah. And I started doing drills, and it hurt a little bit. And I'm still hurting a little bit, but uh, I still got good workouts. It's not torn. It was just... no. I don't know what happened. I, I was asking you, and you said you said scar tissue, maybe. Yeah, and that's what it's to me. That was the when you described that. That's, and I remember I had my groin injury where I had my my groin fixed, and I, I had to do rehab right away after. And like the first couple of weeks after rehab, I mean after the surgery, I'd be in rehab, and and I would um they had me doing like walking lunges the first day. I did walking lunges, and I was like starting to get fatigued, and uh, I felt that same thing that you just described. Mm-hmm. in my inner groin and I go I sat down really quick and I called the therapist over I go I think I just tore my groin and they go no you it's probably scar tissue and they go let's take it easy for the day it swelled up instantly though on me because I had just Whoa. had surgery and it turned black and blue and it like went all the way down into my calf and like Jesus like, it was <laughs> I had that for about two months afterwards it would just rip in matches where I would do something dude the most random thing and just I I'd feel a tear it was scar tissue breaking up in my groin and like, it was the worst pain in the world, like as far as, but like it goes away after a while. And I was just, finally it just stopped. But I always do a lot of stretches for my groin now. And um, I made a full recovery from it luckily. So, but yeah, dude, that's scary. I can't tell you like, good thing you had a spotter there. And uh, I think anybody that bench is the one thing you need a spotter on, I think for going, going at any significant weight. Cause <laughs> I remember being a kid, my dad had the, the, the old concrete weights in the garage. <laughs> and I would always go out there and just work out. And, dude, I was young. And I remember sure. I was just, like, fucking meathead back then. Oh, I'll throw all the weights of the garage on it. like. And I remember one time, and luckily I didn't have clips on, but it fell on my chest. And, uh, and I was out there kicking my legs. And, like, I figured <laughs> out. It was, like, the old bar with the metal bar with the plastic around it. And, like, yeah, yeah. And like I like dumped it to a side, and then dumped it to another side, and like was just so like embarrassed for myself. And uh, but then I was out. I did it. It probably happened like ten more times. Like <laughs> I, I could do this, and like finally I got it. But like story of my life, like just like if at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. And I think uh, that might lead us to our next subject. I was talking about the injury stuff. There are a lot of guys out with injuries getting surgery, stuff like that. I thought you were going to ask um, me about my week, Pat. How was your week? How was your week, sir? It was great. I, I just, you know, we talked about you. I thought you had another good story, too, in there, by the way. But I, No, that was like a separate thing, just an idea if we can ever get to it one day. But uh, Really? Nothing from this. Yeah, nothing from this week. Why? What, what did I tell you? Oh, no, you said you had a really funny story, I thought, that you said would, uh, and it wasn't the chest thing. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't. It doesn't come to mind, so might as well just talk about. How was your week? <laughs> I can't remember if there was one. Uh, I'm, dr- I'm drinking this organic wine. Uh, no sulfates in it. Doesn't taste as good as other wines, but uh, it's doing the job pretty well. Really, I've never organic wine. Organic wine. Yeah, I went there today because because my wife was saying that uh, you know that the more because we noticed at your place you drink the old Rex Goliath. That's a real potent wine i that was i don't have it here and i'm all out of wine actually i okay uh 
Menage a Trois is my uh, wine of choice. The red blends. Yeah, the yeah. red blend. I just went with that for a little bit. But I was like, oh, it's the same price essentially as the Menage a Trois, but twice the size. And I, like, mm-hmm. I'll try because I've had cheap wines before that, are, that were really good. That one, I, it is a, it's a potent wine. Yeah, 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 it's real, yeah, it's so real I, I, rough. So this one apparently has no sulfites in it. So I'm going to see if I, if I drink this bottle and I wake up and I feel good, then I'll keep, I'll keep continue on, you know? The, uh, I, I'm trying to think of everything that happened this week. Just been really busy with the Feed Me More Nutrition orders and everything. I told you it's been, I'll thank you guys again time and time again. Um, the success of this has been great. And um, I do everything right now. And I'm very hands-on. And <clears throat> speaking of ha- speaking of hands-on, I, I think that you uh, wanted to mention there might be an added perk to the to the big guy supplement. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like this might <laughs> open a lot of eyes. Yeah, no. So I think I've been getting a lot of emails and a lot of people um, that are very very happy with the feed me more nutrition supplements. Uh, but the big guy, I, I've gotten quite a few emails. On uh, <laughs> uh, men and women being very happy that for their boyfriends, uh, it is quite the libido enhancer, and I knew that going in. And uh, it's not marketed as a sexual supplement by any means; it's a no. testosterone booster. But I have a couple really, really good uh, ingredients in there. That one of them is called Butea Superba, and it is like a natural Viagra Whoa. or a natural Cialis. Where it just naturally increases blood flow. How do you, how did you learn about this stuff? I've always been obsessed about all this stuff. I, I, yeah. I want to be great at everything I do, Pat. So like, sex included. But I do, like, I do remember live the times I lived with you. Uh, you know, we had our our little like protein slash thing in the kitchen area, and you had herbs and all like sorts of stuff. Where I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck this is. Cabinet so guess- full, a cabinet full of of different supplements. So like. That was like me experimenting. I would always experiment with different herbs, and I could notice little differences in my body. And that's eventually that's how this whole thing got created. I started making my own supplements and mm-hmm. mixing and matching and doing powders and like, uh, and that was what drove me to do. I was like, I this is what I know better than anything, and I I have real life experience with it. But um, there's also an ingredient called Bazella alba, which is a really really good. It's um, a spinach. And it, it's a very, very good natural testosterone uh, booster, essentially. Sure. <clears throat> but <clears throat> along with all the other ingredients, people, and, and everything is properly dosed. They're, we don't cut corners on anything. So, but I've gotten a lot of emails about guys with like, thank you for the libido part of it. Like, <laughs> and like, I don't know how to th- feel about them. I was like, you're welcome. Like, uh, but <laughs> you're no, welcome. Send me a pic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, but it's, it's honestly, I, and I, and it's all, it hasn't even been a month yet. And it's just, I'm blown away by the success of this. And, uh, it's, I knew it was going to be good going in, but it, it has been, um, it's phenomenal and it's only going to get better. So, and we have a lot of cool new supplements on the way. The shell shock fully loaded extreme fat burner, uh, is everything is going back and forth with that and hopefully we'll be in production soon also. So on that but it's been a busy week it's just doing everything getting ready to wrestle i sent you the video of me doing my uh <laughs> trying yes. to do my tumbler backflips in the backyard today <clears throat> we talked about this on a past episode where uh you were secretly taking pictures of the little girls in their gymnastic 
uh, attire. Jesus. They were doing the backflips. <laughs> I'm you, kidding. No. If you just say that for the first time, like and people are listening, like what? No, we saw you saw this thing that that I never knew existed either, and I, I need to get one for the Creative Pro schools. But uh, it coaches you how to do the back handsprings, and you sent me a video before of you doing essentially a trained back handspring off this rotational device that I never knew existed, but really, really smart. I, I need to get one of those. It's pretty cool. I think every it's like it's learning because wrestling has evolved into the where doing these certain things are, are considered being a good wrestler when it's really not, but it, it's good to be able to improve if you could. But I, things not cheap. And, uh, but I got it from, I got the turf in the backyard and I told, but it teaches you essentially how to kick your legs back and it keeps a lot of people when they do backflips, if they could do them, have you ever noticed some people when they do like moonsaults, they'll kind of go to the side. Yeah. It's because they're not properly trained and their body, mm -hmm. that's their natural instinct. And that all happens from <laughs> one, your head, and, but it's a, a, a lack of commitment to throw your, your feet straight over your head, your knees. And essentially you got to teach yourself. And I, now I have it now. Like, I'm like, okay, I understand this now. And I've gone to the, the trampoline park and practice doing backflips, but I kind of go a little sideways still mm -hmm. straight enough, but I, I'm not comfortable yeah, and I was like, I need to be completely comfortable just with the mechanism of throwing my legs over my head. So this thing, essentially, it's this barrel, and it's a padded barrel, and it has like the, it's like a hexagon-type-shaped thing. And uh, you, you roll, and it starts, as you get to a certain point, it forces you just to go all the way back. And what you do is, if you don't throw your feet back, like, you will, like, you fall, you just fall on your, like, not in your head, because you can keep your hands on the ground, but your yeah. your head and you're like you just kind of like fold up, so like mm. and I, I like it teaches you how to throw your legs back hard and like you're like whoa huh. that's easy once you learn it it's like and then you just do it it rep it rep 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 then go back to the trampoline park master the straight back flip and then before you know it on a random indie show I do a back flip off the top rope. You ride back versus ricochet <laughs> <laughs> coming coming soon. <laughs> No, but the, but but with with selling included, <laughs> and that's and that uh, in a good way. Like it's sweats. So anything you else going on this week? Besides from that, uh, had sex with a black girl. I don't okay. know. Okay, <laughs> I think we have. It's been a while since we've had a couple episodes. Where we talked about the dating life of the big guy. Yeah, um, not gonna. Be, <laughs> very honest. If you haven't, if you that's the one thing. If you guys don't get about me, I'm very. I just tell it like it is, and I think that's the best way to be. Um, yeah, met her, went on a date, and uh, well, how'd you meet her? One of my via my uh, dating mechanisms that we don't is talk this about. Like an, oh, okay, we don't talk about this. It, it's a uh, there's multiple dating mechanisms online now these days, and uh, I um, because that's the easiest way. I'm not going to go out to a club and go hang out for six hours. I don't have the time. So okay. this is uh, this is what I do, looking for love, and uh, and she's not the right one, but a uh, great girl, and it was an amazing time. But I just thought it was funny, and uh, everything's cool. Still texting me, and uh, but I'm not really interested in her past uh, the physical element. So okay, so just another one in the bullpen, another notch on the old big guy belt. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what uh, I was going to ask you about before we take a break here? Um, okay. Was the Buffalo Wild Wings I noticed on the podcast last week? Yeah, well, I mean, they insert any companies that are willing to uh, that want to advertise, and and they they put on a they'll uh, insert them in for the pre roll or the post show advertisement. But yeah, Wild Wings is on board. Was that because I did that really sweet uh, advertisement for them, like uh, with the Buffalo Wing sauce? Remember that? I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I sure hope so. That would be been- nice to get some more. Some more sponsors for this show. I'm going to uh, really start thinking about what I want to sponsor even more now, just to mention them to hope, hopefully, that we just, this podcast is nothing but advertisements. Just, I'll take a free gift card. I'll be happy with that. Oh, I did tell you this El Pollo Loco, because I, I, I love them. And you guys, um, if you're in, involved in the stock market, go ahead and throw some money in El Pollo Loco. The entire stock market is up. El Pollo is still down. Still down a considerable <laughs> amount. Um, I don't care. I don't need the money. As far as that, but uh, it, <laughs> it is it, it hurts because it's the only I the, I've done very well in the stock market. We've talked about this, and <clears throat> Apoyo Loco though has hurt me very badly. They did they did me a lot of good early on, and they were being looked into um, after they went public, and uh, after the IPO looked into as oh really as like far as like the, stuff yeah like because their price dropped it went up really high and then it dropped really quickly and uh but it was up for a while and i told you i paid for like three quarters of my pool through el pollo loco and uh okay. it was great but then then they dropped and uh i was heavily heavily involved at that point and uh and that was early on in my stock days actually where i, mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm much more educated now and i, I was educated then but i just kind of got caught up in and a good thing, and uh, and I've learned firsthand. Okay, you got to diversify a little more than that big guy. <laughs> and um, no, but I love working with them. Their food is amazing. I go there every day. I can't tell you. two chicken fajita burritos, no sour cream, uh, extra chicken on one of the burritos, typically with salsa roja is my favorite meal of the day. Okay, and uh, but I contacted them because I've done the appearance for them before, and 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 we've worked with them and. They've sent me gift cards before, but um, they're going to send us some more, I believe, uh, gift cards to give away for our weekly uh, review, along with okay. the um, along with the supplement of choice and the free shaker bottle. So, uh, hopefully, we'll have those coming in here very soon to add to it. But but if not, guys, go to Apoyo Loco and uh, let's get that stock price up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and with All that, right. let's uh, take a quick break, and uh, we'll return right after this. Okay, while we refill the old wine glass, you know what goes great with wine, especially white wine? Cashew chicken stir-fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice. Where are you going to get something like this? Do you know how to cook this? Because I don't, but I do now because of Blue Apron. Blue Apron has sent this lovely little package. It's cheap. It's affordable. For less than $10 per person, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes like the one I just said, along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. So now I can cook that fancy dish have it with the rest of my wine, and enjoy my life. So what you need to do, you get your first three meals for free just by listening to this show and going, and free shipping. You don't have to pay for a thing. Go to blueapron.com slash conversations. They want to get you on board to use their products. So please, you'll love how good it feels, how it tastes. Create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So please don't wait. Blueapron.com slash conversations. Back to the show. And we're back. We've refilled the old glass, but we were uh, 
We're going to do a kind of a weekend review or just kind of see what's happening. Not a lot happening in wrestling, I feel. A couple things here and there. But unfortunately, guys are getting surgery. You know, Seth got hurt. Darren Young apparently just put out that he's getting surgery. Really? Uh, yeah. I think he hurt his elbow. And uh, I think it's online somewhere. He fell on the apron. Um, someone said Tony. A couple of cruiserweights are hurt. Rich Swan, Tony Nice. But what's the deal with uh, the Seth thing we talked about? I think a little bit before. Is that that could be that could be a work though, kind of with everything going on. So it's and I say like it's who knows. I hope it's I, I hope it is for his sake. I said before I remember. Um, but but if not, it's repeated knee injuries are never never a good thing. So. Maybe it could be. I mean, it, it, I think the last update was that he's going to be okay right around Mania. So there might be something to that. They never know that. They that's that's just uh, honestly, you mm-hmm. never. That's why. Why would you? That's stupid, in my opinion. Like if the guy. That's why I think it's all just part of the deal. Like you want a guy gets injured. I understand you want to be back for the big pay-per-view but yeah no i see what you're saying it's yeah you're looking at you're talking about life and like doing and living in like and just and and it, it's if so if that is not as strong as it should be and you come back too soon and then then the things that you had surg- surgically repaired before are more mm-hmm. stressed what do you think happens then like and not to say it will he could be totally fine it's just it's and i get it from his standpoint like I hope they they do some stem cell research uh, therapy with him and afterwards, like they got to do something if they want it. Like I, I would like him if he comes back where it's a hundred percent for sure. Like no, he's as strong as he's gonna be. And but it, it's definitely not as serious as the first one. So if it is injured. And speaking about injuries, I mean we've all had our fair share of injuries, and you've been known to injure people before. So I, I figure it's a. <laughs> <laughs> safe topic to talk about. <laughs> no, I, I think we we talked about before, and I, it was always funny to me. And I, you know, we always talk about with the with the the effing marks how they, they believe the movie is real. WWE did on multiple occasions, and I believe it was like four or five times, and it was somewhere in that neighborhood where guys got had injuries and had to have surgery. Mm-hmm. And they did something with me right before, and they would go on dot com and say that Ryback injured so and so, causing surgery. Punk's knee injury, dude's knee was already screwed up. Okay, he had nothing to do with me, and like, but they used it for storyline purposes. But like, it would really where, help you out, yeah, yeah. Where it just made people like, as like a baby face at the time, like you know what I mean? <laughs> like, why would you say I hurt this? Like. Even though he's a heel, but he's loved still by a lot of people. Sure. And like where they believed, like, I really hurt his knee. <clears throat> uh, Kofi had, I remember, bone chips in his elbow. And we did a thing in Edmonton, I believe, where I had to power bomb through three tables or something. And um, it was, uh, I was a, I was a heel then, but they did the same thing where I injured his elbow and mm-hmm. put it online and people believed it. And like, because they think the movie's real. And like it, multiple times, I just remember like why, and it's never you never know about it. You just like go and look. And you're like because you'll get hate tweets and hate mail, and like why am I getting this? Oh, the dot com people put up that I injured somebody again. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's I mean it, I told you that schedule up there with everybody, and 
<clears throat> they're actually that schedule. You got to take care of yourself. If you like Tony Nice and these guys, when they a lot of times happens when you you first go up there and like, holy shit, I got to do this four or five nights a week at a very high level. It's not one match a week, and uh, you got to harden your body up to it really quickly, or else you fall off really quickly. And um, the uh, WWE is actually, I think they're here in Vegas next week, Monday Night Raw. I think. Yeah, you going? Yeah, me and uh, me and uh, Mark for life are going to be front row. I I don't know, not at all. I'm not even. I will make sure to be very busy that day. I'm sure I mean, Mark, a- Mark Carano will probably text me about the fucking weather again, like he did last time. They were here for the uh, the pay per view after I'd already walked out. He mm-hmm. texted me. I told you I, how this weather like it couldn't have been any more of like <laughs> who the f- what the fuck are you texting me about weather for? Like, come on. Mark, it's fucking cold right now. And so if you come out here and it's cold, you don't need to text me like this weather. It's really cold, big guy. It's what happens in the winter. I, I, I noticed the thing with the injury thing that people, uh, some people are worried about the whole, you know, cruiserweights are now a thing, but that the cruiserweight style may promote more injuries. And want to get your thoughts on, on that. Uh well, if they just sold everything properly between the proper length of time, you wouldn't have to do half the stuff that you do. Well, it's uh, interesting you say that because I don't know. Did you watch the Cruiserweight, uh, which I actually, it was very, very, very well done. It was way better than anything the network or WWE's put out in a while, aside from occasional NXT stuff. I still say, I've seen the Cruiserweight thing. They all rush sell. They rush sell everything. Like, they, they, they. Did you see that you saw the Invitational? You watched yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was I thought there were a lot of good things with that also. The guys are all talented. They they've thrown out the psychology of selling though. So that's like so how is that like it's cool you could do anything. We get it. Like but you can't do power moves. So like why don't you sell? Just sell. That's all there is to it. It's not a hard they wouldn't have to do half the things that they do and they would get all the the reactions would be higher. If they, it's just Go go watch Bret Hart matches. That's all I'll say. But a lot, you know, at the same time, there's people that would disagree because now I've noticed that, and a lot of people have noticed that those crews, the way they wrestled in those matches is different from the way they're wrestling on Raw or I don't, they're not really on, I don't believe they're on SmackDown, but uh, a lot of people. You know why? Because they have producers that know how to work that are telling them to fucking sell. Okay. But don't you think that makes them kind of the same thing and blends in when they're like putting a different. Bracket, no, you don't not think when so? they not when they do the certain things at the right time. Why why do you have to do ten of the ten things like that when you could do two and stand out? Eh, why? I don't know. I, I don't know if I. It, what makes their division special other than then like hey, they're smaller guys wrestling the same exact. You could do. You could still do, it, but sell. But if you mm-hmm. don't have the time to sell, then don't put ten things in there that you shouldn't be doing. Just I guess they you, would. I guess they would have to be if we met in the middle of what what we think. I think they would have to do less but more spectacular things and put over those things more to make them more stand out. But I don't know if they're doing that. It feels like or story matches, or storytelling rather than just athletic move. Like I, everyone's athletic there. Like we could all do athletic moves. Sell mm-hmm. and you're working. They're working guys of the similar size. So psychology wise, your power move should still do what bigger guys are doing to other bigger guys. Like it's not, I get it. You could do a million things. Cool. Just have it make sense. It's not hard. I also think it's kind of confusing when you have guys on the roster that kind of teeter on being 
whatever a cruiserweight 205 and under when you have guys like you know tony nisa bigger he probably is really relatively around 205 pounds yeah and you have guys on the roster like dare i say like a finn balor who probably is legitimately maybe 180 pounds 185 pounds yeah i think it's i think it's a little weird if you really think about the long-term thing or i don't know if it's limiting or i don't know it's a little strange dynamic with the whole i feel like a lot of it's filler almost all those guys are great they're great athletes i know a lot of them personally but it feels like a lot of times it's almost filler to fill that three hours of raw i feel yeah no there's it's just you're 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 right with that but i'm just There's old school psychology and new school psychology, and I think you have to you have to respect both. And um, and like you said, you kind of there's a happy medium with it all, and and they stand out with what they do on those things, anyways. Like that, you what, wrestling was never about flips and and doing gymnastic moves. It never will be, and it never was, and it doesn't, and it will never draw as high of a level as as true storytelling. And when you have an actual story in there. And, um, and people, I, I love that. Like I'm learning how to do backflips. I, they have their place and you just have to learn how to sell the moves correctly. But a lot of guys, oh, I only have six minutes tonight. I want to show everybody how, how fucking athletic I am. <clears throat> so all the, that all the fans tell me how good I am and how I should have a bigger push. So I want to do a bunch of cool stuff and throw it all away. Like you just don't do it. You do, you, you do what you could do in that allotted time. And it doesn't, ch- you, like, it's not going to. So your they, issue, or the thing that bothers you, is the fact that guys are just—they're all trying to do the same thing in terms of look at how look how look at how athletic I am. Who gives everybody a shit about the everybody could do all these athletic moves. You could teach anybody how to do all these athletic moves. Granted, there's a few guys that could do a back like AJ. AJ do running and doing a backflip over the top rope. Like mm-hmm. not everybody can do that. And like so, there's certain things like that, but a majority of it you could teach yourself how to do. If I can learn how to do a fucking backflip and do some other things, anybody could do it. Like it's, mm-hmm. so it's not. They, they, but they're throwing the psychology. There's a weight division in, in in Ultimate Fighting for a reason, because typically the bigger and heavier you are, the more power that you have. And I yeah. think that that has, but like I think that has to always stay in effect. I think that never should be thrown out the window. But I think there's just. You watch and they, it's just getting in the habit. They want to try to do too much in too little time. But I've seen guys even go longer and like on the independence and they don't, they don't sell the moves. They're just right back up and they, <clears throat> like I told you, Moose even talked about it and like, and he's awesome. And he was, he compared, you know, the fighting spirit to getting shot in the shoulder. I'm like, that's cool when you do a move that's to a body part. But when you mm-hmm. get hit in the head, get hit in the head. And see how yeah. quick you're running around and like, you know what, especially if it looks really good. I can't, how many guys do something that looks really good and gets a great reaction? It's a headshot. Mm-hmm. Bullet to the head. And they're up and running fucking 10 seconds later. It just, it, it makes it worse for everybody. Yeah. And it's just like, but Hunter and them haven't helped it either by allowing certain aspects of it. So. And I think we're talking about injuries or even more so. You were, we spoke about this earlier. And you said that a lot of people... Um, especially in England are, uh, I actually have this today where I've had people inquire about training in my schools and I don't train anybody unless they're 16 years and up. Yeah. And even, even if they're, I prefer them to be 18, but if they're 16, I'll meet with, uh, I'll meet with their parents and I'll meet with them to really go, okay, if this kid's athletic enough, you know, like we had a, we have a kid, a creative pro, very athletic kid. He's 16. 
He's on all his different sports teams. He, he, he can clearly, he works out. I'll train this guy. And I've had problems in the past where I've had someone who didn't do that and they're frail and I had to put up with the fucking, almost like the soccer moms that complain about, they treat wrestling like it's, you know, PAL baseball. Um, But I remember you were saying that uh, you were in England and you you noticed that a lot of people, because it's so popular over there, that are trying to get their kids into it as young as they can and just not the, not a good thing. It is it is absolutely stupid and it is it's disgusting and it is sad and, and it's, i can't i went over there for rev pro and i can't tell you how many parents um and it's they were all very nice people but there were two different kids that met me that had serious neck injuries um that how old were they like 10 or 11 years old jesus that, christ that had to take time off from wrestling they told me and i and i would like I was sitting there and it was happening and there were multiple people telling me they we have our kids training and like in their pro kids are, res- not not like amateur wrestling like pro wrestling pro wrestling and I was like okay how old are you and the kid like 10 and he's sitting there and like his neck's all screwed up and I'm like like what is wrong with you guys like <clears throat> and it was I remember we talked about this and it's just like it's so concerning because you have parents that are huge wrestling fans Mm-hmm. And they think they're like doing their kid a favor by like letting them learn how to go and like wrestle, but like their bodies one are not even close to being fully developed. Two, they're not mentally fully developed yet. Yeah, in a, a sport where you are trusting your body with another human being, and you're dealing with adolescent kids, kids at a very young age who get frustrated. You never know how a kid will react, and and doing and trusting them to do moves that could kill another human being, mm-hmm. and it was like. I sat there in shock as I met, and it was it was so many different kids that were in wrestling school, and, and a lot of them were fine, but there were ones with neck injuries and things. And I was just like, <clears throat> when did this become a thing to start like letting kids learn how to wrestle? And and I remember I even asked the I go, you guys train kids, and they're like, yeah, but just chain wrestling. But how many kids? You tell me. You let a fucking kid in the ring, they're gonna stick to just chain wrestling. Nope, not at all. I mean, I'll tell you from experience, I do, <laughs> with my wrestling school, you know, a lot of times we got to do whatever it can to pay the bills. Um, and a lot of things that are popular at my Creator Pro School in New York is birthday parties. Yeah. So a lot of times kids will, parents will be like, hey, it's big business for us. So basically they rent. And if you want to have your birthday party, go to Creator Pro Wrestling at <laughs> uh, com. If you're going to so do it, what, just commit, do it. But it's 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 the perfect thing. I, I wish I had this when I was little. Uh, Cabana's talked about this before. So basically, you know, a kid between the ages of the youngest we think we had was six, and the oldest was like maybe eleven. So they basically go there, and um, the, the way I break it down is they get a half hour of you know we have an MC. It used to be me, and I passed on the duties to my to my friend Kip because I just I became too salty. I couldn't do it. Um, not I not to, uh, not Kip Christensen, right? No, uh, <laughs> no. Wait, who's e- Kip Chris? Eli Cottonwood, uh, better known as uh... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> He'd be great at birthday parties. Oh, so I would basically, love it. Uh, they bring like 20 kids, and the first half hour is like a wrestling show. Baby faces up, and then, uh, then we break for pizza. You never, know, get, never, a, never a heel win in there. I've had, I've learned from experience that if you have the heels win, you could get a lot of crying children. 
I've had many times where the birthday boy gets too scared and I've had to pull him into the office and tell him that we're all friends and it's all going to be okay. Holy, uh, oh man. I've had time, like when the kid's a real genuine wrestling fan, it's awesome. But there's been times where we've had birthday parties where the parents, the parents. are the fans. That's, yep. And it's like, your kid doesn't even fucking like this. Like, he's just here because you know what this is, is. What a shitty parent, by the way, if that's what you do. That's, In all seriousness, that's. That's a pretty There's shitty a couple of those. Um, but for the most part, they're awesome. So anyway, like, yeah. Um, and at, but at first though, so get this, I get emails all the time. Now when, I, when people book the birthday parties, I tell them, you know, it's half hour show, we eat pizza and then they watch the big main events. And then it's always like, we can incorporate the birthday boy where maybe he'll hold the title belts or he'll count one, two, three. And we get him in the ring and our new thing. Cause at first, this is what a hell of a business, by the way. This is actually oh, a really business. cool. I feel like your business is going to pick up after this podcast. I, I, I fucking hope so. <laughs> this is. I don't think you should ever have to wrestle again. You should. This is entertainment. I want to see this on Shark Tank. <laughs> I've thought about that, but because there's all these things for girls, like princess birthday parties. There's no nothing for guys. No, this know. is the ultimate child birthday party. It is. You so, should have and, you have you thought about featuring uh, an appearance by the big guy Ryback <laughs> well, for, an, had, for an included fee. I've had guys the parents book it and they're like, "So, who can you get at this birthday party? Can you get like Shawn Michaels here?" I'm like, "No, that that's that, that it doesn't work that way." And I'm like, kids, "Yeah, sure, I can." Keep. Kids love the big guy. I think you should start maybe promoting me a little more for this. <laughs> I'm like, "Sure, I'll get Shawn Michaels. It'll just be an added $20,000 and we can work that out." So, uh, um, or or Kaylin Croft, a.k.a. Chris Pavone, doing a, a, a Shawn Michaels impersonation um, to for the kid bucks. for 500 bucks. <laughs> and I give him a buck 50. Yeah. <laughs> so, these, uh, so they come in and uh, they get a half hour show. Then they break for pizza. They have their Capri Sun. And then they sit down for the main events. Birth, birthday then, cake too or no? Yeah. After, okay. after the main event, that's how you get them to. Okay. We're going to have cake and presents. And then uh, at first, though, when I started, I, I've, I've actually been trained in the birthday party because at first I didn't know what I was doing and I kind of figured it out where like the kids just want to go in the ring and all they want to do is beat the shit out of each other. So it's almost like, you know, some of them are cool with watching a show, but they all like, can I get in the ring? Can I get in the ring? So the big gimmick is when the MC comes out, you tell the crowd, if you guys behave and if you're a good crowd, you can come in the ring at the end and we'll all take a picture together. So that's that's the way you save that. Yeah. But there's been the first couple of birthday parties that I ran, I didn't know this, and they're like, "Can we get in the ring?" And I'm like, uh, "No." And then pretty soon there's 20 kids in the ring, fucking beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. So going back to what you said, and I could talk more about the birthday parties, but uh, they once they're in the ring, I'm really I love the, I love the birthday parties. I'm so fascinated by this. So we've had some really good, and it's great for our, my students because it's live experience. You're working in front of 20 kids with an additional parent, and they're all like, what the fuck is this? This is great. And they're drinking coffee, and the kids are fucking going crazy. Some get scared and cover their ears. They're a bunch of pussies. Some are awesome. <laughs> this has given me a great idea. I want to open a business here in Vegas. If everything just, everything flops, everything, if I... <laughs> I lose everything and I'm like down and out, but I have enough to just rent a building with a ring and it just big guy birthday parties. <laughs> you get a match, little Caesar's pizza 
and a shitty birthday cake from the store, and I could and yep. I could just live the rest of my life. There's like, an art to it. There's an art to the pizza too, because at first I'm like, man, some of these there's a lot of fat kids at these parties, and they eat a lot of pizza. So the trick is, <laughs> when I order from Domino's. They have to cut the they have to cut the slices in sixteenths, <laughs> so it's half a slice. <laughs> because a lot of the kids. Will I come love up. how I love how we're just getting, like the fat stuff, and we like, nothing against fat people. I love my whole dad's side of the family is fat. Everybody and I love them all very much. But if you're fat, you're fat. Who cares? So there's been many times where uh. this kids the kids come up. They're like, "Can I have another one?" I'm like. Holy shit! This kid ate half a pizza. I got to order more, <laughs> so you got to cut it in, and so that that way they're they're eating slower, <laughs> and it's cheaper. This is uh, oh, and uh, that I'll was the hardest I've laughed in a while. That was good. There was one time where I had to kind of a lot of the birthday parties I don't go to anymore. I let a different crew handle them because I was MC, and then I normally wrestle on them as well, and. uh there was one time where I was so short staffed and it's a shame because you would think that my students would want to wrestle. Most of them do want to wrestle, but some, this one day we didn't have enough guys. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck, I have to MC this party. I'm going to wrestle in the main events as Pat Cena. I have army shorts. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> Oh, so Wait. I got to relate to the kids, man. Um, God damn it. You're my fucking manager. And you're wrestling <laughs> as Pat Cena. This is. <laughs> Occasionally. Yeah, I've done. I've done. I feel like you've done him more times than once. Uh, yeah, there's been a couple. There's been at least two or three Pat Cena appearances at, uh, <laughs> at, at the old party. And I remember Broski saw a picture of it. And he's like. I hate Pat Cena. He looks cheap. <laughs> Can I, if I get a singlet made for you, will you be Rybuck on a few of the uh, birthday parties? <laughs> I couldn't pull that off that well, man. I just keep the hat on. I had a baggy shirt and I was like, oh. eh, whatever. So here's Holy one time. Shit. It was summertime, dude. And I MC the birthday party. And uh, then I'm like, fuck, I got to wrestle. And when, you, when you're the main baby face, you got to wrestle twice. Yeah. So you wrestle a match. And then at the end, all the bad guys come out. And then all the good guys wrestling like a big four on four where you incorporate the kid. It's to do the final three count, whatever. And then I'm like, oh, fuck. Nobody's serving the birthday cake, which is the part after. <laughs> so I'm fucking sweating buckets. Oh. And I'm like lighting this cake. And a lot of the parents just mentally check out. And I'm like, do you want to light the cake for your kid and bring it in? They're like, no, you do it. I'm like, all right. So I'm fucking shirtless, dripping sweat on this. <laughs> birthday cake lighting it for this fucking kid this is like, the greatest thing ever to me <laughs> the candles are going out because your sweat is just pouring all over that's them. what was happening i'm like i'm fucking Holy dripping shit. sweat on this fucking cake but yeah man birthday birthday parties are uh are are, <laughs> are big business at uh actually one more story for a birthday party this is gonna be my business is gonna be me wrestling disco inferno multiple times every day <laughs> For a business <laughs> thing, just serving shitty Caesars. I, I love Little Caesars pizza, but that's great. Little, and uh, and some birthday cake from the local grocery store, and uh, and yeah, just li- just living life, brothered out. There was one birthday. This was the first one I ever did, and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And and normally I have them in my school, and which is easy. It's all my ring is up twenty four hours a day, which is awesome. 
So this birthday party, they wanted the ring to come to their place. So I brought the ring to this like it was like an Elks Lodge. It was a small building. Whoa! And it was a uh, it was an ethnic birthday party. You know, everyone was a. Uh, it was an African American birthday party okay. in, in, in a not so great area. All right. So, but they're all into it, and it looked beautiful and, and everything. And we set the ring up, and we 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 have a couple matches, and um, uh, <laughs> I, I might have made a joke in the locker room. I'm like, all right, all baby faces up, and then I realized that all the baby faces were 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 the were the were the white guys. So I'm like, oh, oh we're switching no. this around. If if you're darker than cinnamon, <laughs> you're winning tonight. <laughs> So in the main events, I had my uh, one of my students. You've probably seen Dirt. him before. He, he's Which a great. Uh, his name is Delroy. He's, an, he's he looks like a young Ron Simmons, very okay. athletic dude, and he's wrestling Jeff or Craven, who who you know. Yeah. And uh, so they're in the main events, and it's supposed to be like ten minutes. So as they're wrestling, I go to the the mom, and I go, you know, is every how do you like the party? She's like, this is the best thing ever. Thank you guys. You guys are so awesome. I can't believe this. And I go, yeah, this is the last match. She's like, the last match? She's like, his daddy ain't here yet. His daddy ain't coming for another 30 minutes. And I go, oh, fuck. Daddy ain't ever coming. I'm, so- I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, this party's been going on for two hours. Yeah, yeah. Dad's not coming if it's been that long. I'm sorry. So I walk to the ring, and I, and I like kind of sneak towards the ring, and I go, Delroy, you have to go 40 more minutes. At this birthday party. <laughs> like, no. I'm like, no, I'm serious. You guys got to wrestle another 40, 40 minutes. Wait, this really happened? I swear on my life. And they wrestled for about like another, they maybe went another 25. Okay. And then at the end of it, they're just like, like, I think the dad finally got there and they were already done. But then uh, Craven was smart enough to go, all right, kids, like, you know, now that we're, we got to this part of the party, what wrestling moves do you like? And they would call a wrestling move, and Delroy would give him a move, like choke slam, and they would just do moves to each other to keep it going longer after the match. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> so before I tightened up over time, I learned the, the birthday now, party. The important question I have out of all this is: okay. Did they did they sell the move appropriately for the kids who this is being ingrained in their heads at a young yeah. age, or, or did they pop right up and go move for move? No, we we put it over, but we had to explain to them because a lot of them weren't. You know, a lot of the kids there are into it, but a lot of them were scared to death. They've never seen wrestling. So we have to kind of paint it up. Hey, we're all friends. We're all trained performers. You know, we can't like have them believing that we're crippled. I would have just been selling for five minutes between each move to really milk it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) but we have a lot of birthday parties where the dad wants to be involved. And uh, that should be the gimmick. The dad should always be the hero of the party. Some of them are. if they can get in the fucking ring, like I think people underestimate. You see Here's it on shows. All you need, the hero spot is a universal spot, which is one one universal dad punch to the forehead that could be done either on the apron or on the floor, and then like <laughs> that's it's the same thing every time. I'm Pat. I'm telling you, I want to map out this business and I want to go on Shark Tank with it. It is <laughs> wrestling birthday parties. Daniel Bryan would be all over this if he was here right now. I think, yeah. This is money. I never really, I never thought about it that hard before, but holy shit. Just, it is, why the fuck not? Yeah. 
It's G.I. Joe and Ninja Turtles and everything on steroids in one. The funniest part is watching like a dad. Like I think you see it on like all the shows when they try to get in. The, they're not used to getting into a ring and they trip over the rope. Like they no, don't. Yeah. Me and Cody watched that in over in England. Like people, they let fans in the ring for the for the photo shoot, and like mm-hmm. we're like, oh my god, and like a few of them were marked for life, and like and like you could just see like, <laughs> buddy, how can you critique anything with wrestling? You can't even get into the goddamn ring. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not kidding. Multiple people fell, just fell, and it's like, oh, oops. That's a big. That's a good point you bring up because a lot of times when I see like promote. Uh, I don't want to say promoters, but people most of the promoters the can't get in, most of the promoters can't get yes. in the ring either. Yeah, it's like hit the ropes three times and do one roll. Like you want to critique how good someone is, and you think like it, it's it's mind blowing. I, I can't do it, but I have an eye for talent. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Uh, oh. Creatorprowrestling.com birthday party. I'm I'm sold. I. I would like to invest in these. I honestly, I would do some appearances for these buck. All right. Uh, oh, you know who did do an appearance for one? Oh, we got to roll with this. This is what I. This is what I live for. We haven't even touched. I've never told you yeah. this. Halloween, right? Okay. So I get some crazy stories about, um, or like some pretty wild inquiries. So on Halloween, uh, or excuse me, a couple weeks before, I get an email. Maybe in August. And this guy goes, Hey, look, um, I want to have a surprise party for my brother. He's turning 40. Uh, do you guys do, you know, I know you guys do birthday parties for kids, but do you think we can rent your building? <laughs> You're already laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I go, yeah, we can do whatever. Um, uh, you know, if you want to, cause people rent our building all the time. They'll have, I've had bachelor parties in my building. I've had shows i've had everything and you've you've never been there yet you're uh, a hell someone... of a businessman from kids birthday parties to bachelor parties pat buck Dude, is your hookup that, that that building is expensive we gotta we gotta make rent you are so, a real uh... life scott steiner <laughs> so um i would like to wrestle scotty by the way have i mentioned that before i i think it'll happen eventually sure Anybody out there book the big guy Ryback versus Scott Steiner. I, I would like to wrestle him. He, uh, okay. I, I always liked him a lot. <laughs> Funny story. My first AOL screen name was uh, Big Papa Superstar 890 whatever, 89087, my zip code, whatever it was, was, uh, was because of uh, Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. I, I loved him a lot as a kid, so I would like to, I would like to perform with him. Okay. I bet you it'll probably be my my play. June 10th sounds like a good. I might do that for up here. Um, so what I was saying is before, so they they want to rent the building on Halloween for this guy's 40th birthday party. No good. Okay, cool. I give him a quote, and they go, "Hey, by the way, um, he has a favorite wrestler. Can 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 you book this guy to be here?" And I go, "Well, it depends on who it is, you know." And they go, "It's Arn Anderson. Is his favorite wrestler of all oh, time?" Oh yeah, yeah. So I go, well, I go, Arn's under contract. He's he's one of the highest agents in WWE. That's really kind of impossible. Uh, I get, I'm friends with Tully Blanchard, though. And they're like, no, if anything, nope. it has to be Arn. Yep. So they give me the price quote. and uh, Or I give them the price. I go, look, they're like, we can, we can pay this much for Arn Anderson. And I go, huh, let me just see. So I get Double A's number. 
Is this on really like a, maybe him. like for an off day for Arn possibly or no? Yeah, it's a Saturday. Okay. It, ha- it happens to be a Saturday. And so I check in. I was like, hey, can you do um, – and he knew he knew through uh, through Hawkins that it was his school. But I wanted to bring Arn in to do a seminar as well. Yeah. So I went, I can t- kill two birds with one stone. So I brought on, uh, I talked to Arn. He goes, yeah, I'm there. I go, would you mind like doing a brief appearance at a at a party the same day and just in and out and sign some autographs? He goes, yeah, I don't care. So uh, book Arn. Arn Arn's, a, hell, Arn's a hell of a guy. Arn does the greatest seminar we ever had at, really? at, 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 at Creative Pro. It was fantastic. Everyone's minds were melting. Arn got in the ring. And then I was like, all you right. Know, he used to throw on the knee pads and, and be a little more physical back uh, early on from like NXT days. Uh-huh. Um, but he, I could just tell looking at like he, he's, he's a, a very truly special human being. He, um, I, I it's, uh, he, he's a very good guy. Like I, I, I like Arn a lot. That's, so I'm not shocked at all by this. So I couldn't believe that. Like, I'm like, oh crap, I'm pulling this off. We have a seminar. It's great. And then there's a time gap between the seminar ending and when this party is going to be there. So I'm like, all right, Aaron, let's go. Uh, we went to Applebee's and we, we got something to eat. We, we ate a little bit. Might have grabbed a beer or two. Uh, and we come back to the party and it's a 40 year old surprise birthday party. Yeah. And uh, they're all dressed in full gimmick. These 40 year old non wrestling fans like full like pretending they're wrestlers like all this crazy i'm like oh arn is gonna be so like what the is this he didn't give a um and they present the the guys in the ring it's his it's his birthday party and his brother's giving like a speech to him and arn is in the office and he's you know he's a surprise and all of a sudden they cue him the horseman music starts playing. i was just gonna ask yeah you gotta have horseman music for horse music plays Two girls go to get him. They bring him out. He throws up the four. Wait, who are the two girls, if you don't mind? They were, they were friends of his, but they were very good-looking girls. Okay, okay. Dressed as divas. They bring Arn in the ring. Like he it. shakes his hand. They take a couple pictures together. He signs an autograph. The guy is in, like, tears. He's so emotional. Arn's like, you know, nice to meet you. I take him right out of the back door. We go right to the airport. The day is done. It was the perfect booking ever in history wow so yeah that doesn't uh, shock me one bit he's he's a hell of a man that's uh a funny arn story this is one thing i do remember my last year there this has nothing to do uh with the birthday party but it was one of the funniest moments i've ever seen arn arn like uh will always like he likes a good shower and okay. uh, like after the like a long day of producing before they hit the road, he, like everyone likes a good shower. And at the arenas, we have the locker rooms with the showers. And he'll sometimes there's a TV locker room. Then there's like which is they're all the same. They're just named different things. Um, the TV locker room is just a TV locker room that they film in for like TV segments. But you're allowed to get changed in there. But if they're filming, you got to get out. Um, yeah. But then they got like the male talent locker room. And that, that's actually another thing. They always pick the smallest goddamn rooms for the talent. Like, WWE, give the guys bigger <laughs> locker rooms. Like, God damn. Like, it, it, seriously. It, it, it's more times than not. Like, it's just, it's uh, But Arn went to go shower. And uh, Hornswoggle and uh, El Torito were in the shower already. And, like, 
and, and like he just saw two midget asses, uh, <laughs> and, and he goes, ah, "Not today!" And he just turned around and walked out <laughs> to the other. Sh- and it, to this day, it is still one of the funniest things I've seen in person. Uh, and I, I just, I, I love him. He's, he's never like, and every time I ever had to like put somebody over, it was always easier doing it when Arn told me. Uh, like he just, he had a way of making it way better. So, uh, I, I, the fact that you say his appearance was golden, it doesn't shock me one bit. No, just, I, I, I think one of the greatest minds, maybe top five ever in wrestling, just brilliant. And it's even better than people know because he has to work within the system there and he knows what they, he knows what he has to do within the system and what he can't do and whatnot. But you probably saw it with a seminar, the things that come out of his mouth. From his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Things that you wouldn't even think about, but they just make so much sense that like, that that's why I always like, and it's like, it was always, I told you, I always wish I could have wrestled guys like Edge and Christian and just Mm -hmm. all these other guys, Eddie Guerrero and and Chris Benoit and these guys. And like, just to like, cause they were in the ring with guys like, and with Ric Flair and all these other legends. Sure. It was a different time and you just, it gets passed down from one to the other. And like, that's why I like, I'd love, and like me and him have butted heads before, but triple H, I would like to truly wrestle triple H and, uh, Vince, I know you like controversy. So make it happen. All right. And that's what, that's what I'm going to end with tonight. I think, I think that's a perfect time to wrap up. So, uh, WrestleProOnline.com, March 11th. We have a big show coming back, but the most important thing, if you're going to WrestleMania, I know a lot of you guys are, Please come down, WrestleCon, uh, WrestlePro, WrestleCon on that Thursday night. Please come down, support us. We're trying to sell all of our floor seats. And I'm um, Buck Never Stops across all platforms. And I'm at Ryback22 on Twitter, the big guy Ryback22 on Instagram, Ryback247 on Snapchat. And thank you guys for listening. You've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy. The period of civil war has ended. It's definitely an improvement and totally not a lateral move. Join Ambassador Plek Dexeter and his intrepid crew as they explore astounding new worlds, discover their heroic destinies, and meet weird bug creatures and stuff. This is Mission to Zix. Mission to Zix, an improvised science fiction podcast. That's CYXX, launching September 6th. 